0: But seriously, isn't it, wasn't that inspiring though? There's something, when the arts team showed me that video for the first time, there's something about this guy because he's discovering who he is. He just kind of took us through a fantastic journey of discovering and, and the things of the past, right? He had a dream that he always wanted to be a father. Never had any intention at all of being an actor. But then it was all these experiences, he, right? He grew up in a small town like me uh, in Lapeer, Michigan where everybody was hunters and builders and had a single mom who was an artist and she was a wanderer. See, everything that we experience, all that we are through our life helps create who we are. So we start skateboarding and architecture, climbing. He wanders the world and I love when he says, he goes, it's like I got my mom's eyes just to be able to see beyond the norm. But then acting seduced him. And and this was what was intriguing to me. Never had any desire to be that. But then when he actually started acting, he said the creative wanderlust that is always inside him gave way to direction and purpose. I'm an actor. I'm a director. I'm a craftsman of story. I'm a dad. So who are you? Who are you? That's the question we've been looking at. And so if you haven't been here lately, I would really encourage you. I actually did this this week. I actually went back and I listened to all the messages. I listened to Jamie Winship who kind of kicked us off about a month ago. I actually listened to my own messages. I never do that and I probably won't do that again. <laughs> uh, but I, and I listened last week. Tony, well, did not Tony do a great job? so grateful for him being here when I was back in Michigan. And, uh, but here's what we've learned. The Bible makes it super, super clear. You, the first thing that you have to understand about your identity, who are you, is that you are a creation. In other words, you don't even exist outside of the fact that somebody thought of you. God thought of you. You are his idea. And then he alone had the ability to actually create you. And so, and you are created by his will. Which is amazing that means by his pleasure by his idea by his determination your existence is here so automatically right there if you're going to find your identity the first thing that we wanted to lay down as a foundation is you got to come to this point where you really actually not know God created me believe that he did Because if he did, he's the only one who actually knows why you're the way you are and what your purpose is. And then Tony, last week, not only are you a creation, everyone's a creation, but then once you receive Christ, he says you become a new creation. Everyone is created and everyone's loved by God. But when you receive Christ, you become a child of God. And now you have another identity and there's amazing identity in being his child because now there's security because you know, man, I belong to God forever and he's in me and I'm in him. Every, he says every spiritual blessing, if once you're my child and you receive my spirit, you have complete access to every possible spiritual blessing there is. That's phenomenal. And so now you don't have to go around and try to search for things because you know you're loved and you know you have this God who's close with you. But here's what's interesting. Everybody's a creation, right? It's pretty general. And all of us who are followers of Christ, as soon as you become a Christian, all of us are his children. Those are important to understand, but where we want to go now today, want to boil it all down and get super personal. But if you look around this room, creations, yes, and vastly different. You are unique, and that's what we want to look at today. Who are you? The, new, the unique you. What is your identity? How are you going to discover why do you love to do certain things? Why are you good at certain things? We want to go into the part of you that nobody else can take away because God knits you together and he said, this is why you are this. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what any other experience happens. This is who you are. Right, and so when Jamie spoke to us a month ago, he said, this is why it's so important that you must be able to hear the voice of God. And that's why starting next week, our next series after this, we're doing four weeks on how can you hear the voice of God. And his point was this, if God's the only one who knows who you are and you can never hear his voice, (laughs) then how are you ever gonna discover who you are? you'll never be able to hear from God your identity and so what will happen is you're gonna try to determine who you are and as soon as we do that then we let people and their response to us tells us who we are or positions or experiences and that's what God wants to save us from and by the way I just want to encourage you all you men um, after the men's event on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock right back over here we have seven weeks of more teaching from Jamie video teaching from Jamie Winship that we're gonna be going through I encourage you man show up at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays we're getting guys connected in relationship and we're gonna to continue to receive some great information so you are who you are by the design of God for his purpose. And here's what we need, and and hanging around him, and thinking about it this week, this really is the most important thing that you can discover while you're on this planet. And that is, who are you and why are you here? You've got one shot on this planet. And you can spend it searching and seeking and trying to discover or God is saying to us I want you to know who you are and why you're here and when you find the purpose for your very existence man you can start living the life that God created you to live all right so man before I dive in here I just can I just scripture I mean can I just pray can I just scripture? <laughs> I've never seen anybody do that before, so. All right. No, I really want to pray, and I want you to go ahead, because here's where, we're, we're going to give you a chance today to hear from him. You, how he made you, okay? But that means you've got to open up your heart and be ready for this, okay? Let's pray together. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came to save us, from an endless internal search, trying to discover ourselves, saving us from our sin, and reconciling us back to you, doing everything that was necessary so we could get our hearts and our minds and our souls connected back to you. Jesus, that's why we're here this morning. We worship you as our creator and our recreator, our new creator, our savior. So Jesus, just, we're just going to claim what's true, and that's you're here in this room. And we declare your authority and your lordship over this moment that we're going to be together. And I just ask that you would move in each heart, speak to the deepest part of our being. Defeat the lies, God. Throw out the darkness. Bring in your light and shine in this place. Shine in our hearts so we can start to see who it is you've created us to be. And I ask for that grace in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's the thing I love about Jason, his story there. And here's what's true about you and and me. So we all have this story, something that's helped create us. And what's interesting is if it's true, which we looked at, that God actually knit you together, then there's just some basic DNA that's in you. It's always been in you. It was in you when you were a kid when you were a teenager throughout your whole adult life God has made you something so I was just I'm gonna just take you kind of quickly through some of my story that is interesting for me as I discover who God created me to be so my parents gave me a name right that's the first that's their job so they call me David Michael Nelson I did grow up in Lapeer Michigan which was a total blue-collar town I had no idea it was blue-collar until I got out of it and uh, I went to, went to Mayfield Elementary School. And one of the things I think about, when I was in elementary school, right, you have recess, and every time you go off for recess, we're always like, well, what are we gonna do? And you know what's crazy? Is everybody would always look to me and go, Dave, what are we gonna do? So I'm like, all right, well, let's do this. And I specifically remember one time being in elementary school going, you know what? I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna sit back. I don't, I don't wanna lead. So I went out to recess and I just stood there. And next thing you know, everybody's standing there. <laughs> and then they're going, well, Dave, what are we going to do? I'm six. <laughs> right? I don't know. But that was just my experience in elementary school. I get into middle school. I'm in junior high. My brother's in college. He comes home, and I remember one night we, had, we say, uh, shared a bedroom. And Mark started sharing with me about love. He was was just really beginning his relationship with God. And so he started to help me understand what love was. And he said, Dave, love is basically when you aren't thinking about yourself, but instead you're concerned about everybody else and how you can actually lift them up. How can you encourage, how can you bless them? And I remember, this is so weird. I remember being like 12 years old and laying on my bed and going, I'm gonna do that. And so when I was in junior high, I just started doing that. And everywhere I would go, if when, I'd walk into a room and whoever was not being welcomed, whoever was kind of sitting off to the side, I, that's who I'd go to. Because <laughs> I was just going to make sure that everybody was actually loved, that everybody would know that they mattered. So I'd gather everybody together and just make sure. That was just, that was just my M.O. That's just how I worked. That started when I was in junior high. I get into high school I go to Lapeer West High School go go ye Panthers Um, I'm a freshman in high school and right the the school year goes on and so you have to you know vote in your class officers you know your president vice president your representatives all that kind of stuff I I wasn't interested so I didn't I didn't vote I didn't run for anything I'm sitting in the class and the loudspeaker comes up and they start listing off who won the elections and I won And I remember I was sitting there and they, they announced my name and I'm like, I, I didn't run. So when I was in high school, people still were going, Dave, we want you to lead. And so I just found myself, that's just what I did. So eventually I did. I became the president of the class and, and started just leading. That's just, for some reason, even though I wasn't trying to be those things, that was just my experience. So then I got into college and I was always rallying people around that's just come on. Let's do this I remember I went to a Christian school my second two years and because when you're a Christian school, you can't dance right and so we couldn't dance but there was this band that came down from um, Detroit where I'm from R&B band and it was like the music was so it's it's one of those things where you can't just sit there I don't care if you're a Christian or not Right? It's like, you got to get up and move. So the next thing you know, man, we just had everybody dancing. I was leading this train around the school. And everybody's dancing. And while I'm doing it, I'm going, I'm breaking the rules. Right? And, and I remember um, one of the professors coming up to me a, a week or two later. And he goes, hey, he goes, I just want to know, man, I just watched you. He goes, crazy. He's like, how oh, you just got everybody up there. I love the fact that you had everybody dancing. This is what, and so he actually came to me my senior year, and he said, hey, have you ever thought of doing youth ministry? I'm like, no. And he's like, well, there's a guy who wants to interview somebody for a youth ministry position, and I gave him your name, and I'm like, okay, I guess that'll be good interview experience, you know, and uh, and then my brother-in-law comes to me, same time, he goes, hey, Dave, you ever think of doing youth ministry? I'm like, no, and he goes, I think you should consider doing that. He goes, my dad was a pastor at a church in Ohio. They've never had a youth ministry. And they're looking to hire somebody for the first time. He goes, I think you you should really pray about it. Well, I go to this interview with this guy. It was the pastor from the church my brother-in-law told me about. (laughs) See, here's what I found. So I go to Carrollton, Ohio. There's no youth ministry. And I got to start it from scratch. Did that for two and a half years. Got a call from Steve Andrews. He says, hey, I want to start a church from scratch. I want you to be on my team. So I got to start the youth ministry. And then I got to start the singles ministry. And then Luther Ellis calls me and he goes, hey, would you consider starting a church in Salt Lake City? Okay. That's my journey. Why do I share that story with you? Because you have that story. Now, that's my unique story, but every one of you in this room, you grew up with something. You loved something. You were good at something, and when you did stuff, people felt blessed by that, and you need to understand that's just who he made you to be. See, this is what I want to look at, so I'm going to switch now. Let's, now, we're going to take a look at Simon in the Bible. Okay? I, I, if you have our app, you can pull it up um, and you can follow through. So I, I, scriptures are real random today, like pulling a bunch of stuff together, so you can't just go to one passage, but you can follow along. I'll, obviously, all this, uh, the scripture will be on our screen as well. Here's Simon. Okay? So, first of all, why is he called Simon? Because his parents gave him that name. And his name meant one who listens. <laughs> Simon just means a listener. He's a fisherman blue collar guy. He's not educated at all. He's loud. He's really gregarious. He's always the one with the question and the answer. He's the instigator. He's the one who quick to speak. He's always jumping at things before anybody else does. He's the one who steps out of the boat when there's a storm and gets to walk on water while everybody else is hanging in the boat. He's the one who won't let Jesus wash his his feet, right? I'm not gonna let you wash my feet. And Jesus said, well, then you can't have anything to do with me, well, then wash all of me. (laughs) Because he's like, all in, all the time, I want it all. This is Simon. From the time he joined the 12 disciples of Jesus, he stuck out. Simon asked, Simon replied, Simon acted. Why? That's just who God created him to be. That was his personality. So one day, Jesus is asking them, he's out doing all this crazy stuff, and so he asks his 12 disciples, he says, hey, who's everybody saying that I am? So they give him some answers, and then in verse 15, he says, well, what about you? Jesus asked, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, Son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. Simon, your name, you are Peter. That's your identity. And on this rock, I'm gonna build my church in the gates of hell. Will not overcome it Simon the listener had God revealed to him who Jesus was you didn't get this on your own Simon God revealed that to you he's the listener and then Simon the listener hears God himself tell him his identity who he is at his core and why he's here now it's interesting because Jesus is really saying, I actually am the rock. <laughs> because you guys know that's what Peter means? Peter means the rock. But Jesus is saying, I'm actually the rock, but Peter, you believe in me. And you're being who I made you to be, man. You're a crazy man. <laughs> you're passionate. You're a leader. You believe, but you believe in me, and this combination of who I've made you to be and the fact that you believe you will be the rock. See, Simon is his name. David is my name Peter is his identity And for me as I've been going through this exercise with Jamie for the last like four months I realized like the words that come to me is I'm a starter I'm a gatherer And I'm a life giver That's who God just made me to be That's my identity Now here's what's interesting. Do you know who you are? Who are you? Have you ever heard God say, Jim, you're... Stacy, you're this. I believe with all my heart, God wants to tell you who you really are. Now, here's what I love. Peter actually really struggles with his identity once he gets it, right? So right after Jesus says, Peter... You are the rock. The very next verse under that is Jesus starts telling him, telling all his disciples, and here's the deal, I'm going to have to suffer many things with the religious leaders. They're going to kill me, and then I'm going to rise again. And so Peter, what does he do? He says, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. I am the rock. Right? (laughs) Let me establish a foundation for you. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) Think about this. He just got his name. Peter, you're the one I'm going to build my church on. And the very next story is he gets called Satan. How would you feel if you get called Satan? Now, here's what's interesting. Look what he says. You are a stumbling block to me. You know what stumbling block meant in in the Greek, in the original language? It meant a rock that caused stumbling interesting he gets told that he's he's Peter the rock and then the next thing Jesus says is you're a stumbling rock now I don't know about you but the voices that must have been going on in Peter's head right then is you're no rock well no no that's not true you are a rock you're just a really bad rock and, and, and I can just see Peter just, just going crazy. And then we go to the Last Supper, right? This critical moment right before Jesus is going to die on the cross. And he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you, all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Because I am the rock right? Actually, now it is the only person you can picture the rock in Hollywood, right? Notice this. Initially, he calls him Simon. Simon, Simon, David, David. Satan has asked to sift you his weed. I'll never, ever, I'll go to prison and death with you. And Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter. So he starts off with Simon. Now he switches it and he goes, Peter, rock, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you even know me. So what's going on? Peter goes to the garden with Jesus, right? Jesus is like, I need my three best Peter, James, and John. Please hang out with me. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Please take watch with me. And then he he goes out. Jesus goes to pray. He comes back to these three close comrades. And then he returns to his disciples, and he finds them sleeping. (laughs) Simon, (laughs) he says to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Come on, rock! The one who's going to always be with me, you couldn't even stay awake. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus gets arrested. Peter wants to watch from a distance, trying to be the rock. And someone comes up to him and says, hey, wait, 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 wait. I've seen you, man. You hang out with that Jesus guy. No, 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 not me second person no no I've seen you man you're Galilee I know I saw you with you on oh, on I me mean. third person says the same thing and so Peter the rock began to call down curses and he swore to them I don't know the man and immediately a rooster crowed and Peter remembered the words of Jesus before the rooster crows you will rock disown me three times and he went outside and he wept bitterly. Simon, Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. I'm wondering if Satan's attacks on Simon, Peter, are the same that they are today for me and for you. Can you imagine Peter What was he doing? He went out and he wept bitterly. Jesus called me the rock. Are you kidding me? I am such a loser. I'm an idiot. I'm no rock. I'm sure he started thinking back to not just that moment of denying Jesus, but he would probably, Jesus called me Satan. I couldn't even stay awake. I drew my sword when I wasn't supposed to. I'm sure all of his failures started going through his head, and now this next part is just speculation, but I'm going to go here because he was a human being. I wonder if he started going way back and heard the voices from his past, because don't you hear voices from your past? I wonder if he started hearing, you'll never amount to anything, dude. You're just a fisherman. People can't stand. By the way, Peter, you know, Simon, you know people can't stand you? You're so loud. You're like a bull in the china shop, and you're so emotional. You're up one day, you're down the next. Nobody can really trust you. They don't know who you're gonna run into. And now Jesus can't trust you either. You are no rock. Satan is sifting him like wheat. He's gonna take him out of the game. I'm gonna tell you this is true. Satan fears nothing more than you living out your identity. He's the father of all lies, Jesus told us, and he'll use anything to wound you in your area. Now, this is so important, in your area of strength. Who you were created to be, you must understand you have a spiritual enemy who's doing everything he can to disempower you from being the person that God created you to be. And so he gives you false identities. And the next thing is we start believing things that are not true. So for me, my whole life, the wound I received as a boy that I have carried with me still 52 years is I've, I'm just gonna be as vulnerable as I can with you guys, but I have always heard a voice in my head, nobody likes you. Nobody likes you. That's my immediate sentence. My immediate, they don't like you. Now, why would that be the voice I hear in my head? Because God made me a gatherer. <laughs> and so get, Satan doesn't want me gathering people. So the first thing he does is say, dude, what do you gather? Nobody cares about you. Nobody wants to follow you. See, this is his lie he puts in your head. And then, since I was 12 years old, I was this kid who'd walk into rooms and just go, how can I bring life to people? How can I find the person who's not connected and get them connected? And then one time, when I was, I was in my mid-30s, and a person who's really important to me pulled me aside, and we were having a conversation. And then through that conversation, in the middle of it, he said, you know what, Dave, the truth is, you are all about yourself. You walk into a room, and it's all about you. And next thing, and, 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 and I just remember sitting there thinking that like, oh, you got, are you kidding me? That's the last thing I want. See, my thought was, I'm gonna try to lift everybody else around you, but see, if you're someone who lifts up everybody else around you, you end up kind of being the center of things because you're making stuff happen. I was always other conscious. And after that person said that to me, for the first time, I'll never forget, I walked into the room and for the first time, instead of being others conscious, I was what? I was self conscious. God, I just want to swear right now. I'm serious. It makes me so angry today to think. That God made me somebody to be a life giver and somebody Satan was able to get a lie into my soul And so guess what I started doing instead of being a starter. I started avoiding And instead of being a gatherer, I started hesitating Instead of being a life giver. I started withdrawing It's crazy man. Here's what I know all of you in this room have false identities mine is nobody likes me and i'm always about myself and if i buy those lies i will never be who god created me to be here's my question what are yours what are the false identities that you listen to that you believe about yourself that are negative that weigh you down that cause you to hesitate that almost feel like chains and you just aren't even free to be who God created you to be. Would you go ahead, I want you to take out a pencil or your pen right now and just on your program, would you just write down what is the false identity that you're hearing? Write them down. This is really important. This is so important if you're ever gonna hear God tell you who you are. The first thing you gotta do is confess to him, this is what I believe, this is what I hear. And get it down and write it down. I'm going to keep going, okay, while you do that, but please write that down. Because here's the hope. Jesus restores our identity. What did he say? He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Simon, that your faith may not fail, and when you turn back... Strengthen your brothers. I remember. I've never thought of this till this week when I was sitting. This I feel like God was telling me, David. You're, it's true about you too, David. David. Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, and when you fail, when you withdraw, when you avoid, when you hesitate, when you turn back, be who you are. I have prayed for you. And here's what's great. So, Jesus has this amazing opportunity with Peter after he's died and he's risen again. And he has this conversation with Peter, the rock who stumbled. It's in John 21. It says, When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, You know that I love you. And Jesus said, Then feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. I want you to stop for a second because, again, those of us who've read the Bible, we're, we're too, it's just numbed us. Look at this story in a fresh way. Here's what you need to understand. God's voice is never condemning. God's voice is never condemning. Romans 8.1 says there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Right, it's because I I, come on if you were really writing this story if you were writing this story How would you write it? Here's what I would imagine it would take place Peter comes up to Jesus after totally denying him and falling apart and Jesus would be like what? Seriously, you think I'm gonna use you now (laughs) after that display of cowardice (laughs) I Thought you were the rock, but obviously you're not Yes, you're still my disciple Simon but you are no Peter come on how many of you have heard that story inside your head see we think that that's God and I want to tell you I have bought that I tell you in the 12 years of leading this church there are so many times where the voice in my head is saying sure David he called you to do this but he is totally second-guessing his call And I've got a laundry list of reasons why God would second-guess his call of making me the pastor of this church. And I start buying it. And guess what? If I buy the lie that I'm condemned and I've fallen short and God has nothing for me, then I will never live out my identity. That is from the pit of hell. And I'm telling you right now, some of you walked into this room and you've been listening to that voice. You're a failure. You're a loser. And I have nothing for you. That is so a lie from hell. And I pray to God he'd set you free from that today. And I'm telling you here's the key. You know what Jesus was doing? He was saying, "Simon, David, do you love me?" Yes. Then be who you are. Simon, do you love me? Yes. Then be who you are. Simon, do you love me? Be who you are. And he's saying the same thing to you this morning. You know it's crazy? Is when he told Peter, You're the Rock. And Peter's like, Rawr. you know, it's great right after that. He said, Jesus told his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. See, here's what Jesus was saying Peter, you're the rock, but it's a different kind of rock. Remember when Jamie told us, We always were, we're always wrong? You guys remember that? <laughs> when we get our identity, we're always wrong. See, Peter was wrong too. I'm the rock! And, and Jesus is like, okay, so right now, Peter, you're actually rough, boisterous, combative, head of the game, aggressive, first to do stuff, foot in your mouth. <laughs> I will, let's go, wash all of me. <clears throat> That's who you are. And I love it because I made you that way. But you're not gonna do this, Peter. You're not gonna do this. I am. I am. See, Peter was all about himself. And so God, I think, actually let all this other stuff happen so that Peter could be a failure in himself, so that he'd stop trusting himself and instead entrust himself to the God who made him and loved him. And then once he realized, I can't be the rock. (laughs) God made him the rock. And some of you might feel like, I'm just a bubbling idiot. Yeah. (laughs) You're like Peter. You're human. So today is your day. To receive, you know, what? so Peter finally said in his epistles when he started writing letters, praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. See, here's what Peter knew. It's like, oh my gosh, Jesus took all my mess-ups into himself so I don't ever have to fear his judgment for my mistakes. Praise the Lord. And he gave me a living hope by putting his spirit in me. And I've now, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. You created it in the first place. This was your idea. Now I'm gonna give it back to you. I'm gonna do whatever you want me to do. And then God fills him with his spirit, and Peter becomes, Simon becomes the rock. Look at this. This is after the resurrection. The church starts. Peter is the one who stands up in front of the guys who killed Jesus, the people he was scared of before. Now he's standing in front of them. And he says... Filled with the Holy Spirit, he said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man that was lame, and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other. Name under heaven given to mankind by which you must be saved. (laughs) There's the fisherman, there's the boisterous leader. But filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because look what it says. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary. Anybody in here feel that way? Unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And Jesus told them who they were. And they could not Be shaken. Who are you? Who are you? Has God told you at your core who you are? Here's how we're gonna help you with that. We want to equip you in this. So everybody grab your that form and don't open it. Grab that form. If anybody doesn't have one, please raise your hand because this is actually super important for the rest of the service. Our connections team will give you one. Um, and get a pen. I forgot mine. Okay, I want to make sure everybody's got one. Got some more people over here who still need it. couple hands over here on this side. Down front. Excellent. Thanks, Connections team. Okay. Here we go. In this top blank right here, I want you to write your name. Write your full name. Write your first, your middle, your last name. Write down who your parents said you are. In the next two blanks, I want you to write down two things that you just know you're good at. Write down two things. It's just, I can just do these things. I'm good at this. I enjoy this. Brings me life when I do these. Blesses others when I do these. Write down two things that you do really well. In the blank below that, in the middle, I want you to write down a dream. What's something that you can't stop thinking about? What's something that you want to see happen in your life? If you sit there and you just go, man, if this could take place, yes, that's what I long for write down your dream in the third blank your name two things you're good at your dream the next one I want you to write down the biggest mistake you've ever done in your life write down the thing that let's be honest you tell yourself That right there, because of that, I will never be able to be who I fully could be. What's your biggest mistake, your greatest failure that brings you the most shame? Okay, we got three more blanks. In the next two, I want you to write down your false identities. What are the negative things that you're hearing about yourself? What are, another way you might look at this is what are the character flaws that you know you have? And they're the stuff about you that just bugs you. Two things that you believe about yourself that that's who you are that holds you back. Okay, and here's what I'd love for you to do. Would you just close your eyes with me? One of the greatest gifts that God made when he created us is the gift of imagination. And I just want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine Jesus. Picture him. Picture him right in front of you. And now I want you to hand him that biggest mistake and those false identities. Picture them in your hands and give them to Jesus. And what did he do with them? I think it might be really helpful if underneath those you wrote down on the outside of this thing, write down right now, what did Jesus do? when you handed him your biggest failure and your false identities. Okay, so they don't belong to you anymore. Because that's what Jesus does, he takes them, puts them into himself. Now close your eyes, and imagine Jesus, he just took everything from you, and now ask him this, Jesus, who do you say I am? And write down the first thing that came in that last box, that final box on the front, When you ask Jesus, Jesus, who do you say that I am? Don't wrestle with it. Just put it down. Now here's what I'd love for you to do. I'm going to give you a minute. Open up. Go ahead and open up this, this document, this program. Just take a minute or two and just read it. you this morning because you are our creator and you are our redeemer our savior that your love for us is undying we thank you that you have revealed to us that we are the way we are because it was your good pleasure and your will to make us this way God, come in power and grace and absolutely destroy the lies we've been believing about ourselves. The false identities that we've been hearing, that we have bought into and have been hindering us from being who you've actually made us to be. Jesus, we know this is a journey, but I'm praying that for everyone in this room that you would pour grace and strengthen us to live out who you've made us to be that we would bring your glory and your love and your joy and your freedom. Our hearts would be so full that we couldn't help but just explode into this world the goodness of who you are so that we can help other people find their identity in you as well. And we ask for that grace in Jesus' name. So now, man, you guys just sit, enjoy this, soak in as the team begins to just lead us in connecting our heart and our mind and worship to this God who loves us so much. If you feel like singing, join in, but let's soak in these truths of a God who's absolutely crazy about every one of you.